I could be just a writer very easily. I am not a writer. I am a screenwriter, which is half filmmaker. But it is not an art form because screenplays are not works of art. They are invitations to others to collaborate on a work of art. Paul Schrader. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. We're going to be talking today about how to write in other mediums other than novels. There is a definite creative element to almost any bit of entertainment you will ever find. And a big part of that is the storytelling process. But that's not all of it. We will talk a little bit more next episode about what it's like to work with other authors. But first, knowing what you're writing and knowing your target audience and how it will be presented to your target audience is a part of the storytelling process. The area where I am probably most familiar with writing outside of fiction writing is news. I used to be a news producer. I got my degree in journalism. So when I'm writing fiction versus when I'm writing for the news is very, very different styles. When I'm writing news, it's very short, very to the point. I need to fit an entire story into less than 30 seconds. For me, learning to write news style also helped me make sure I stuck to the point because you have that time limit and one second, two seconds over can screw with the producer's plan. One of the phrases that will always come back to me from the news writing is cut the fluff. You get rid of the excess and trim the fat, cut the fluff, get to the basics and the point of the story. You don't use big words. You don't use complicated sentences. It is short to the point so an anchor can read it off a prompter very easily and get the point across as quickly as possible. Another thing with news writing, not only for television, like most of your experience, but also for the newspaper, is people have the chance to turn away. So you want to get the most important information first, and then you have this inverse pyramid of less important information as time goes on. The idea of the inverted pyramid came from when newspapers would gather a bunch of stories and then they would have to typeset it onto the page. The stories would almost inevitably be longer than whatever got printed because they would get to a point where they're compiling it into a certain format for printing on these pages. Hey, we can't have this go on because we still need this also to be front page story. And this also needs to be on the front page. So we're going to get rid of the last three paragraphs of your story. So you don't want important information in those last three paragraphs. You need it all at the top. So that's the inverted pyramid. You start with all of the most important information at the top, at the very beginning, and then you work your way down so that if the bottom of that pyramid gets chopped off and not included in the newspaper at all, it's not going to impact your story. You're also going to see a little bit of this online, which is kind of a new version of the newspaper. You have a lot of blogs out there. How many times have you gone to look up a recipe and you learn all about their trip to Italy before you decide that you need sun-dried tomatoes instead of roasted tomatoes? And that's exactly where I turn away from that recipe because I hate having to scroll all the way to the bottom, especially on my cell phone where it takes me five years just to get to the bottom of this person's story to get to that recipe. 
Put the important details at top and the exposition later. With your target audience on blogs, being brief is better. Two to three hundred words tends to be pretty standard unless you're going hyper in depth into something. So if we ended up putting a blog post up about how to use commas, because we didn't have enough time to talk about all the different aspects of using a comma during our podcast episode. So, hey, we might put a blog post together. That can be a little more in depth, but the briefer a blog is, the more likely you are to get people to finish reading it. Some of the other most common formats of writing would be for stage and movies. So all of those punctuation rules we talked about in the other episode, yeah, you basically just throw those out if an actor is going to be reading it aloud on a stage. But understand that almost every actor I've communicated with, every actor I've worked with are extremely faithful. Verbatim will give you exactly the words you choose. So choosing every word with care, with intention, is a big part of writing something for an actor to portray. And a lot of the times when you are writing especially for film, like the quote at the beginning of this episode said, it is a collaboration. You are working with other people, other screenwriters to get the story down. So giving the people in charge of props a vague idea of the skin is translucent over the skeleton and letting them just run with it makes them very happy because then they're like, oh yes, and we can make little veins and we can make it little. They get very excited if they get to contribute to the creative process. So a little bit about the difference between stage and screen. One of the biggest differences when you're writing a script is the length of the scenes. Your stage is going to have much longer scenes because scene changes slow down your story, slow down the ingestion of the story. Longer scenes will be better. In film, you might have a 20 second scene where they're driving in the car and he's glaring at her. No words, just a quick, they're getting to their destination, there is a mood, and moving on. Another thing to remember if you're writing for stage or film, some sort of thing that will be acted, is your words will have to be memorizable. So you can have those really long monologues. It is going to take a very talented actor to memorize a full monologue and be able to present it along with the rest of their lines that they have that whole play a lot of actors when they're choosing a favorite script writer it's because those monologues flow very easily and it's very easy to memorize that fast turnaround is a sign of a good screenwriter or script writer another difference you're going to see between stage and screen is if you're in a two-act style or a three-act style we talked about that a little bit in our story structure episode but the two-act style means you get one intermission they get up they use the restroom they sit back down and they finish the play Your three-act style is more common in film and TV shows and often your novels. So that's more what your instinct is going to go toward, unless you're a theater junkie. When you're writing a script and it changes from place to place to place, the characters are traveling from here to there to there, you're more likely to be writing a movie because they will go on set, they'll film it, and then they don't have to come back. Whereas if you're writing a play... You want it all to happen in as many recurring places as possible so your set designers don't have to design 17 different locations. And then transition them in and out of the stage while things are running. Yeah. So if you have, and then there were none. 
You have a murder mystery where they're all trapped in this house until Scooby-Doo can solve the mystery. You can have them maybe visiting different rooms. So now they're in the kitchen. Now they're in the ballroom. If you want them to change sets, but more often than not, having it all in one location makes the producers of the play very happy. There's also going to be a limited number of characters when you're writing for a play because there really are no such things as extras. There's only so much room on a stage for people. So you're not going to get a lot of your tertiary characters, especially in modern plays. You're not going to see a lot of those director cameos just selling them a flower and then they move on because that person has to have a place in the mirror for makeup. That person has to have a full-on costume. That person has to design a full-on character around it. So if it's just the one line, it's very difficult to execute. Yeah. You can't just put out an all call to say, hey, we need some extras to show up at the beach and lay around. Yeah. And do things. <laughs> and you don't want to call an actor to come to rehearsals for six weeks and then attend every tech rehearsal and then get the equivalent of three minutes of screen time. That's not fair to the actor. So part of writing is knowing that there is more to writing than just writing fiction or writing a book. There are so many different things that you can write for. You can create your blog. You can try to write plays and movie scripts. You can write poems. There are so many different things and outlets for your creative process of writing. And I will say if you're looking to be a career author or you want to write for a living, make money writing stuff, novels are probably your last choice. <laughs> I write it because I love it. But both of us have made money writing for news before. Both of us will write for the podcast. Both of us will write for the blogs. We will write different kinds of things that might not necessarily be a novel. Writing different kinds of things can help you improve your writing skills, no matter what it is you're writing. If you're looking to make money while you're on maternity leave, maybe just write a little bit here and there. Freelance writing for content for websites is a huge industry. Get hooked up with your local tech company who designs websites and they will need somebody to write content, somebody to just fill out pages with text with keywords in it. That is an easy way to start making money writing. If you are getting into writing to make money, find a different job. But if you're looking to make money with a fast turnaround time, that is a way to do it. And no matter what you're writing, no matter who you're writing for, we always encourage you to do this one thing. Write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 